Showtime on the web! Hello everyone! Welcome for another episode of the Puppet Podcast. So you're here this afternoon or in your evening, if you are from UK, you are here because we received the wonderful production Rust and Stardust production. So it's Katie and Eleonore who will join us in a moment. So I'm so excited. You know how I love UK puppetry. So I want to let you know before we go into the interview that we will be at episode 100 next week. It's so exciting. But we have also this wonderful Patreon. You see, join the Patreon Puppet Podcast. This Patreon is the place where we offer workshop and some tips and tricks about online promotion for puppetry, puppeteers, puppet builders. And we have a wonderful workshop coming on Sunday. We change the time. So that's now I announce it. It's not at two in the afternoon. It will be at four. So if you are in UK, it will be a little bit later at night. But we will have this workshop about how to do a workshop with kids with Zoom, like an about puppet building, how to build a puppet on Zoom with kids. And they are in their classroom or home or, and, and it's with the wonderful Eric Simon West. So yeah, Eric West, we will uh, present that on Sunday. So join us and have a look on the Patreon. That was the commercial. So now everyone, are you ready? Ready to drum roll for Kari and Eleonora. Bring them in the screen. <laughs> So cool to have you girl on the show. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. We're really excited to be here. Hello, everyone. Yay. And I want I want you to introduce yourself. Maybe both could talk a bit about her career and how you fall down into puppetry because you are have a wonderful company in UK. So I want to have you maybe presenting to us your job. Sure, shall I go first? <laughs> um, so hello, I'm Katie um, and I have a background in animation. That's sort of where I come from. Um, that's how I fell into puppetry. So Eleanor and I will sort of both overlap with our stories a bit, I suppose, because we, we used to be in a theatre company together and um, we're each studying our own paths. So mine was animation and um, I really love puppet animation, so stop animation, stop frame animation is, is my passion. But um, it just wasn't feeling quite right. So I thought, you know what? I love puppets and I love theater. I want to explore puppet theater. So I was literally on the other side of the world and gave Ellie a call and was like, hey, when I get back to England, do you want to start a puppet theater company? And luckily she said yes, and we haven't looked back. And that, so that's sort of how I fell into it really and we've we've learned so much together and grown so much together as artists and as a theatre company and it's just been amazing. So um, cool and Eleanor. Yes, so uh, Katie and I we, we were actors in this this company together and I think both of us had been obviously Katie through her background in animation and my just through interest in my case both of us had become more interested in using puppetry in theatre work and introducing puppets large scale and animal puppets into theatre shows. And I suppose the germ of the idea to start Rust and Stardust came from that 
in a way. And and we've gone from and also both of us graduated in the one of one one of the UK recessions. And it was very hard as freelancers then to actually find theatre work. So we decided to do everything ourselves. And that's why we call ourselves a, a production company, I suppose, because we try and make everything in-house. We write all our own original work and make everything from puppets to sets to costumes to doing all the marketing, singing, dancing. Um, but we like it that way. And because we're very good friends as well as business partners, there's an amazing amount of trust that goes into our company. And I think that that's one of the reasons we've been able to be successful and work in lots of different areas. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so cool because you, you talk about business, about friendship, about building everything yourself that's such inspiration for for people who are watching right now to just say oh so we, we are in a kind of recession also but we to build stuff ourselves it's so powerful and magic and i'm curious because your company have a lot of reference to nature and like star and dust and from earth and and you you have kind of influence an engage influence uh in your message as a company, right? Yeah, it's all about magic and, and folklore and mystery. And and the fact that, you know, the, the, it was Eleanor who came up with the name Rust and Stardust because it sort of, it epitomizes what we do as a company. We take kind of rusty, rubbishy things and we turn it into magic and wonder. Um, a green message there as well, sort of, eco-friendly theatre is is a big part of what we do so um that's where the sort of the name comes from um, which i i loved when she said i want to call this rust and stardust it's brilliant full disclosure i was reading now because the leader at the time and <laughs> it definitely comes from there <laughs> which you don't tell people when you're doing education for sure <laughs> but absolutely no Kate, as katie says sustainability underpins our work and we're very we still feel we're at the beginning of our journey into greener theater and taking responsibility for our environmental impact as artists and i suppose that nature as a theme does find its way into our work because that's what we're interested in And we want to, I suppose it's a gentle sort of education about the beautiful natural world around us, um, isn't it? And we're both rural countryside dwellers, so we just have to look out of the window to be inspired by beautiful things and places. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's so nice to take that to cities and places that maybe don't have nature on their doorstep mm -hmm. that we're so lucky to have and um, we do lots of rural touring to take theatre to people who might not get to go to the cities and see lots of arts and theatre but equally it's lovely to go into cities and bring that sort of magic of nature so we, we try to do it all really don't we <laughs> i love it i love it it's it's so 
precious. And I want to let you know that people who are watching the interview right now, feel free to write in the chat a question, if you have a question for Cathy and Leonor uh, about, about whatever. That's the place to ask questions to artists. So, girl, are you ready for the deep question of the Puppet Podcast? We're ready. <laughs> so cool. The first one is the why. I always, I'm a, a why person. I want to know the why. So what makes the art of puppetry an art that you cherish? There are so many reasons why we cherish this. A lot of it is nostalgia. Um, and also, it's, it's the magic. Puppetry is a kind of magic. And for that time that you're performing on stage, we find that you and the audience have this sort of unspoken understanding that for that moment in time, whilst you're holding onto a puppet and you're making it live and breathe, it's alive and anything that happens to it on stage is really happening. And audiences really get sort of involved and invested in the puppet's journey. And that's something that we both cherish so much. It never ceases to be amazing. Every performance, all the hundreds of shows that we've done, that we never lose that wonder and magic that comes from that. And also you can get a puppet to do things that you might not be able to get a human actor to do. And um, they can sort of defy gravity and they can do all sorts of amazing things and their limbs don't behave in a way that a human actors would. So you've got more boundaries to push, which makes it really exciting. And also you can create magical, fantastical characters, such as the ones behind me that you can probably glimpse a little bit of. Um, they're amazing for telling all of these unique stories. And, and people, we find that people project their own thoughts and feelings and preconceptions onto a puppet, which means that it becomes a really powerful and personal experience. And it's different for every single audience member. So everyone comes out of a, a puppet theatre production with a different experience. And so those, that's just a few of the reasons that we, I could go on. <laughs> yes. Eleanor, you have something to add to this? <laughs> so the, the next one is for you. <laughs> I, I want to know also the crush moment. Every puppeteer have a moment where he feel like the lights appear or oh, like the crush for puppetry. And you change it into a great relationship as you have a, a business, a production company. But I want to know the anecdote of the crush moment. Well, Katie and I have both always been fascinated by miniature things. So we, we were both doll's house collectors as children who constructed tiny worlds as part of our imaginative play every day. Um, and I suppose when we were growing up, puppet-based television was such an important part of our childhood. I was absolutely addicted to the animated tales of Shakespeare which was animated by a Russian studio who produced the most gorgeous and detailed puppets on such a small scale because animation armatures are tiny. And I think that's definitely translated into our work from the puppet costumes and accessories to the tiny spell books and cakes um, that we, we make. And, 
And I suppose as a writer, I get such a buzz from writing the character, then literally designing and building it and then getting to hold it in my hands and bring it to life. I mean, <laughs> that might be some Promethean moulding man out of clay <laughs> thing right there, but there, there's an, an extraordinary wonder to that. Wow, <laughs> it's so like deep also and, and profound. I feel it's, it's, it's deep power that we put into our, our art form, deep, deep philosophy also. We're literally breathing life, aren't we, into, into mm. sticks and clay. Exactly, yeah. It does, it's never ceases to be magical. Yes. And for the, the training background, uh, it, it, a lot of people who watch are in love with puppetry, want to learn about it. But to become a good puppeteer, in your opinion, what would be the best field of study? I mean, I think anyone can become a puppeteer. I know that sounds like the easy, the easy answer, but truly anyone can become a puppeteer. I think lots of actors are drawn to puppetry. Um, I feel like that's a natural progression because they they understand how to use their bodies, how to become a character. And so that that seems like a really great path if you're into acting, keep acting and pick up a puppet and see how you get on. So that's a really great, a great background to, to build up if you can. Um, Eleanor's background, as we mentioned, is um, was in Shakespeare and early modern drama. And as I said, mine was in animation. And I personally find um, animation is a really great foundation for puppetry. And I have heard others say similar things, lots of animators. Lots of animators are actually called shy actors because they act through a puppet and they make it move slowly. And, you know, live puppetry is not that different. It's just that you're doing it in real time um, on a stage in front of a live audience. So I've always found it really helpful to take, you know, studying motion literally in slow motion with a puppet that I'm animating um, is, is such a great foundation to then take onto a live puppet on stage because you understand how gravity's working, how a human body works, how an animal's body works, and then also how to tell stories through a character, learning. I, I still even now actually think of puppet shows as a sort of storyboard, as a shot list, that as I would if I was making an animation. Um, and I find that really helpful. So if you're doing animation, maybe, maybe have a go at puppetry. I think that's a really great background. But to be honest, as long as you can make a, an object come to life and you understand movement and you understand storytelling, then you can be a puppeteer. That's so beautiful. I think that's the first time I make the parallel with animation and puppetry. It's really interesting. Yeah, I find it so useful. So in animation, you have um, keyframes so a, a lead artist would draw the key movements that a character would make, and then someone lower down would do all of the in-betweens. And that's actually really helpful to translate into puppetry because you think you don't want your puppet to be jiggling around. You want it to just hit those key frames so that you get a really clear movement and direction and intention. And so I'm always thinking of that when I'm, when I'm animating a puppet live. So I find that that's one of my top Think of keyframes. <laughs> quite a lot of the principles of animation, don't we? Like the easing in to, to frame. Mm. 
prepared to get a puppet on and off stage. Um, and as Katie mentioned, you, you're a lot freer because they can fly. <laughs> they can come out of boxes. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to draw them 700 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's so key as like in, in film, you have storyboard, but for puppetry to have those key like drawing could help you in the process of like, what do my puppet from this scene to this scene, what I can translate from one to another. That's really, really interesting. Yeah, it's really helpful. You don't want to get too tied down. So you don't want to lose the freedom, but it's yeah. definitely a great place to begin if, if you're starting out and you've got that animation background. So yeah, I've always just found that really helpful to draw parallels between the two. Yes, so, so amazing. And and if people you want to write down from where you're watching right now, it's always really fun to, yeah. to see like, I'm watching from Mexico or whatever. So it, it's cool for us. I want to bring you the next question about your definition. And this is kind of, maybe at some point I will build a dictionary of all definition. But what is your definition of a puppet in your own words? Well, I think Eleanor might have frozen. Oh, she's back in another. I have returned. Oh, you are in double. <laughs> oh, you're just being really I still. I'm sorry. Um, my connection has dropped Yeah, but you're back. So, yeah, I repeat the question. So the question is about the definition of a puppet in your own word. Well, puppetry is, is such an ancient form of theatre, which you know, we can trace it back to the 5th century in Greece, it's in Herodotus, and even earlier in, in India. Interestingly, some historians claim that the use of puppets in theatre actually predates the use of actors. Um, and so the puppet's role in communicating the and responding to the ideas and the needs of society is fascinating. And I, I find it wonderful to be part of such a long tradition of animating and manipulating objects to tell stories so so i suppose that's my definition of it um, one of the things that fascinates me about the art form is the huge variety of different mediums puppet makers and artists use a scrunched up piece of paper can be a puppet <laughs> one of the most successful bird puppets I ever saw was a goose created from a pillowcase. <laughs> um, once you've opened the, the Pandora's box of puppetry, the whole world around you becomes full of these infinite possibilities for storytelling. Um, yes. <laughs> Yes, it, it's a, a good definition with, with multiple layer. I feel you. The animated object in the history is really, really key in this. Yeah, so next one is about um, your goal. And maybe as a company, maybe in your career, but what is the thing you, you want to achieve in your career with puppetry? You have like something, I want to realize this play or I want to put together that concept what would be we have so many goals don't we I mean, taking the world primarily 
<laughs> yeah, taking over the world. Genuinely, in our first ever meeting, that's what we wrote on our list of goals, is to take over the world with puppets. It's a hell of a so, plan. <laughs> working on that. I mean, we have lots of things that are sort of our, our big goals, our big purpose in, in what we do is... There's so many, I won't, I'll try not to be too long, but um, we have so many that we want to do. We want to just, we want to get children excited about things through puppets. So the initial idea, we wanted to do a lot of Shakespeare was our, our first goal. Um, because I, I don't know about you, but in England anyway, lots of children go into studying Shakespeare with this preconception that it's boring and that it's old and not relevant and I was really sick of that because I loved it and I couldn't understand why my classmates didn't and obviously Eleanor being an expert in Shakespeare totally understands where I'm coming from with this idea so that was sort of the the first goal we had and that's still our goal because we have performed Shakespeare but we certainly haven't done as much as we would like so one of our big goals is to take subjects not just Shakespeare but that's one of them into schools and to inspire and educate as many people as possible and I say people because it's not just for children uh, there's this there's a mis another misconception that puppetry is just you know puppet shows for children it's it's so not we we've we do shows for lots of different audiences we do things for really tiny children with musical instruments and lots of singing and actions and we do things for parties and schools we also have adult shows with horror elements in them for Halloween um, which are so important because puppets allow you to explore really big, deep subjects such as love and loss. And that obviously is not just, you know, that's definitely not for children um, with the horror element too. So we want to get puppetry and the magic of puppetry as far and wide as possible. Um, and a big goal, as we've mentioned, is to, to be sustainable. We, we do our best, but we've definitely got a long way to go, as has the world, really. Um, all of our puppets are made of things that are recycled and repurposed or foraged or borrowed. <laughs> um, and we, we try to be as sustainable in our making as, as possible. So everything you see behind me it's all scraps of fabric scraps of foam things found from around the house so that's one of our big goals is to just be greener and greener and and try and make the world a better place through being eco-friendly but also from bringing bringing magic and inspiring people to to go on and do great things wow our puppet family because we've got I mean, we must have about 60 puppets now. And we treat them kind of as a small repertory theatre company. So one puppet is not stuck as one character necessarily. We'll recast them in different roles, redress them, give them a new wig, and they can play another character just like an actor. That's well said. Like to recast a puppet. I love it. <laughs> just the concept. <laughs> We recast the switch now. She's the old lady. <laughs> That's so perfect. That's true. We we need to to open the the box and as you say to to reach people. And I'm so like I appreciate the fact that you want to promote like to make Shakespeare out there because that's true. That it's such a big art piece of the world, and we need more and more people aware of this tradition, especially when you're from England, you need to 
to yeah, exactly yeah and not just Shakespeare I mean we've got lots of educational shows about science and maths and things that that might have lots of preconceptions about them um that are negative so just putting them in a different perspective through a puppet's eyes it does wonders it really it really works it's, it's reframing things imaginatively isn't it both of us were always quite visual learners so subjects like maths when i was at school i found very difficult because i couldn't picture it whereas i think if i'd been able to see a show about emily de chatelaine when i was a child i would have understood calculus a lot better <laughs> Totally. That's the first thing when you were talking about like the prehistoric moment, like with the to explain. You have like this beast and like to explain with with hands and and stuff. That's so true. And I want to hear you about the future of puppetry. I want to have your opinion about where will be like puppetry in ten years. Like, do you feel an ascension is getting more popular or less? 10 years well although the the advent of computer graphics has has given creative minds a whole new set of skills and techniques to express themselves with i don't think anything is ever going to replace the tactility and the physicality of puppets i suppose my expectation is that in 10 years puppet technology will have continued to develop i mean i know people are already beginning to 3d print puppet parts something which to us 10 years ago would have been absolutely unimaginable um, I, i i do wonder if there'll be any crossover in the future with artificial intelligence I mean, at what point does a puppet stop being a puppet and become a computer uh, it's quite a philosophical question which i don't necessarily have the answer to but i suppose there's not a huge amount of difference between somebody programming a central processing unit and a puppeteer manipulating an object <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it could be fake puppetry it could be the next big thing So true. It's so interesting to do this parallel with technology and puppetry. It's a human action engaged into the 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 universe. <laughs> so cool. And uh, yeah, for for the conclusion, I always ask if you can bring to the screen a puppet. So I don't know how we will manage that, but I can give you a larger spectrum like this, and we can give the focus to who want to start. There's lots to choose from, but I thought it would be lovely to introduce you to this lovely lady behind me, um, who looks like she's about to put her hand on my shoulder. Um, so this lady hasn't really been seen by many people. I will do my best to bring her forward without knocking over everything in my house, and I might just turn my computer. There we go. So I'll have to grab her by the neck, which seems a bit barbaric. So this is Marsha. Um, and she is our Marsh Demon Queen from our upcoming show, The Marsh Demon of Icon, um, which is a Suffolk folk tale all about these amazing marsh demons that, that blighted a, a town in Suffolk, in rural Suffolk. And she is, um, she's the last puppet I made. Um, I made her in the last lockdown. And she's also the biggest. <laughs> so she is very tall. Um, so she's a great example of puppet 
steps that you would make to be a larger than life fantastical creature. And um, when I will perform with her, she straps around my waist and then I puppeteer from behind and I've got one hand um, on a mechanism in her rib cage, which actually operates her head and gives her, it's got this pulley system, which allows, it's hard to show without putting her on, but gives her this great range of movement so she can look in lots of different directions. And then I'll operate her hand um, with my hand. So she's got this long fingers. Um, and she's also a really great example of a green, <laughs> literally green puppet, but also an eco-friendly puppet. So she's made out of scraps. Um, I don't think we really bought much to go on her. I don't know if we bought anything for her actually. She is scraps of foam, scraps of fabric. Um, her eyes are actually made out of an old Christmas decoration that I've just repurposed and her hair is string. So, so she's made of all sorts. Um, so it shows you don't, you know, it's limitless. It's possibilities are endless. You can make a giant green woman just out of recycled things. So um, we're very excited about performing with her. And Elena, I think, has got one of our other end of the scale puppets, one of our little puppets. Yeah. yeah. So this is um, Miss Wonder the Witch, and she's a tabletop puppet, and she's operated by um, rods, and there's a, a grip on the back of her head there, and she's got full range of movement in the in the head. And she's she's like the majority of our puppet family is in this style, and her her features are actually based on mine. And her sister, Miss Willow, looks like Katie. So we call these two our, our mini-me's. <laughs> these are our little homunculi. And she is one of the puppets from, well, I say that she's from our series of children's parties now, but she originally started life in a horror show where we had these puppets who were representations of, of us um, in character. So she's been totally repurposed into quite a nice character from originally quite an unpleasant one um, and uh, brought her, her mother along but she's she's chaperoning her and she's another another witchy puppet um, mm, wow. quite a fabulous dress which I wish I had in my size wow it's it's so amazing such like details and it's, it's remember me dolls and and yeah precious character that you you cherish in your childhood also that's so magic yeah we're really, we're really fond of them we, it's hard to pick a favorite people always ask us well who's your favorite but my favorite changes all the time <laughs> it's very hard to have a favorite <laughs> yeah it's it's a tough question to answer so, girl, thank you so much for your time. Let's see if we can get closer. Yes. <laughs> thank you for for this wonderful. Like it, it I feel we 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 travel towards philosophy and material stuff and and green and nature and it's it's such a wonderful total art form that you you do with your production company. Oh, thank so, you. So, yeah, if people want to. Yeah, and I want you to, to drop your social media. I want, if people want to reach you, ask questions, want to do collaboration, where they should look. Absolutely. Yeah. The best places are our website. Everything is on there. And you can meet all of our puppets and learn more about our shows and projects. 
but we're also on Facebook and Instagram. We, we do quite a lot on there. We've been having some fun this week with a puppet cookbook. So some of our puppets have been sharing recipes you shouldn't necessarily try at home. Puppets are not the best cooks. <laughs> but we, we, try, we share a mixture of uh, what we're really doing in the studio and, uh, and some fun stuff as well, which <laughs> of what our puppets are up to when we're sleeping. <laughs> Yeah, and we're Rust and Stardust Productions on all platforms, so we're easy to find. That's our, our site as well, rustandstardustproductions.co.uk. Yes, and, and and I just want to to put you in UK. So your home is is close off London. I, I'm trying to improve my geography at the same time. We're not far from London, so we're we're between. I always say we're between London and Brighton, which yeah, is so a bit of a stretch. South, <laughs> but, the south coast. Um, we're we're in the southeast of England. Um, yes, Sussex uh, is is where we are. <laughs> yeah. So cool, so cool to, to connect with you girls. And we have a comment from the audience. We have Felix who say, thanks, girls. Listen to the interview. Yeah. So Thank people <laughs> catch up and, and just enjoy this, this interview and we'll watch it later. So girls, stay in the virtual studio. I will have to push you off the screen. So uh, yeah, take care. And Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye, and boom. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. And yes, if you want to, to connect with us and join the community of puppetry, feel free to reach us. We have a, a Facebook group. We, we multiply, multiply our services. So we have this workshop on Sunday at 4. It's at 4. So note it down. And yes, it's part of our Patreon uh, uh, stuff that we offer over there. Here is the address. And yes, for sure, please share puppetry, love and passion. Feel free to, 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 to post stuff. If you are a builder, post your puppet. Put it out there. You have so much stuff going on on social media that we don't care. We need more art form out there. So please do so. So everyone, I wish you a wonderful afternoon if you are in America or evening if you are in Europe. And uh, see you soon for another episode next week of the Puppet Podcast. Bye-bye.